lit my final pipe and turned in. The following morning I was up betimes, waking with that happy feeling of exhilaration which foretells pleasure to come. My breakfast was a hurried affair, and I was in the train and off, feeling like a schoolboy, and not by any means the staid literary man of forty-eight that in very truth I was. A journey is always a delight to me, and once in my corner seat, with pipe and book, sure in the knowledge of happy days ahead, I gave myself up to the real enjoyment of this first part of my holiday. Changes at various stations only added zest and interest, for I was one of those people, somewhat given to weaving romances about the most everyday-looking people. My station was about ten miles from my friend's house, and not the least enjoyable part of my trip was the long drive in an old-fashioned open wagonette, the only vehicle kept by my friends. They would not hear the word motor in their rest corner, so the ten miles was only accomplished in little over an hour, but the scenery was splendid, and I believe, after all, there is something which appeals tremendously to everyone in the steady trotting sound of a good pair of horses, far above the buzz of a motor engine. At any rate, it fitted much more appropriately with both the scenery and my mood than the hum of the best sixty-horsepower Daimler could have done. It was growing dusk when we drew up at an old-fashioned white wooden gate with the name of the house written upon it in black letters, High Crags. Here my worthy coachman descended stiffly to open the gate, with a pat for each steaming G as he passed them. He had not been a very talkative companion during my long drive, and I called him grumpy in my own mind. But now, as he once again climbed into his seat, he seemed to unbend. Staying long, sir, he asked. I said I was not sure. House a bit full, he volunteered next. Is it? I said indifferently, feeling aggrieved that after silence for ten miles, he should now feel it incumbent upon him to talk. Aye, he replied. Appears like they'll have to use it this time. Use what? I asked. It, he answered, lowering his voice and bending toward me. It, sir, room number ten. But I pity the one who sleeps in it, I do so. Why? I asked, with a faint feeling of interest. Best not ask, sir, best not ask. But there we are. Whoa, whoa, my beauties, he went on all in one breath as he rattled up to a big wide-open door, from which a welcome blaze of light streamed out, lighting up glimpses of thick shrubberies. There you are at last, sang out a cheery voice, as my friend, big, strong, rugged-looking Norman Stuart, stretched out a welcoming hand and led me into the hall, where a big wood fire blazed, before which stood two figures, girls, both of whom eyed me curiously as without waiting for an introduction, they said simultaneously, Come and get warm. It's nearly dinner time, so we must run. And run they did, with a flash of pretty frills and high-heeled shoes. And now, old man, let me have a look at you. And with this remark, my friend wheeled up a big chair in front of the blazing fire. Come and get a warm first, he added, and then I'll trot you upstairs to your room. He stopped speaking somewhat abruptly busying himself with his pipe, while I revelled in the warmth and comfort. After a few minutes, I asked him who the pretty girls were, and he laughed. Two of Ella's pals, he said. Miriam Langdale, 
and Joyce Wood. Great sports they are, full of nonsense. Who else have you here? I went on. Let me see, he replied. How many are we? There are Ella and I, those two girls, Alex and two young fellows from the same hospital, medical students, both of them, Professor Sturges, though he doesn't bother with any of us, being fathoms deep in his scientific studies. He's an interesting old chap when he cares to talk. And Miss Brown. Oh, I said, and who may Miss Brown be? She's just Miss Brown, he said with a laugh. Rather an oddity, but a clever woman. One of those rather silent women with curious ideas on many things. A woman who never appears to hear or see half the time, but who never misses anything really. A woman apparently hard and cold and reserved. But to those who know her, one of the most loyal, true, tender.